What's up guys? Here we are again for another Paris, Texas, a podcast and I am excited. Real quick though, this podcast is sponsored by uh, Small Town Beard Company. It's, you know, you listen to podcast apps a lot. If you do, I do. The, a lot of times you hear the host say, oh, I, I love this, this product. I use it all the time. Go use this product. I always find myself questioning, do they actually use that product or are they paid to, use that, to, to say they use that product? I can tell you, for without a doubt, I use this product every day on my face. Um, it's a great beard oil. It's a local company out of. Uh, he's out of Cooper, but he sells a lot in Paris, Texas. Um, he's actually got. Uh, uh, he's set up in South Main Iron. You can go into South Main Iron today and buy some of his product. Small Town Beard Company. Jeremy Glossop's a good friend of mine. He makes all of his own product out of his house. He's a great guy. So go check out Small Town Beard Company. They're on Instagram, Facebook. He's got a website. Actually, if you go to his website right now, you can get a discount, 10% off if you punch in Broadway. Code word Broadway, you get 10% off. So go check out his website right now and get you some beard oil. Or, or there's balm, there's wax, there's a whole bunch of different, I think there's combs, there's all kinds of products he sells. So go check it out. On to this episode. Okay, this guest, I am super excited for this guest. Um, just a little backstory. I... I met this guy through Facebook of sorts. A lot of people are negative on Facebook, but this is a great example of how great Facebook can be. I got a random, a random uh, Facebook message asking about what I do for work, and then so then I went and met this 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 guest today, and it turned into a great friendship. It's it's really hard sometimes to meet like-minded people, and and just off of a whim, he he didn't even know what I did, for, like exactly what I did. He just reached out to me looking for a video guy met me and then we've been friends for almost two years two now years, yeah. so um colin hadley what's up dude what's up guys and gals what's up broadway thanks for having me yes sir so colin hadley where were you born i was born and raised in paris texas awesome I love i've that. uh you know i've uh, been around uh, the state the country uh, a couple times and somehow found my way back here and uh, you know there's a lot that happened in between now and then that I think we'll cover but uh, Paris Texas where I was born and raised and is where I still call home so where did you go to school uh, I went to Paris schools Paris, Paris. Independent School District okay. you know, started out kindergarten at uh, TG Givens okay. uh, elementary at Aiken middle school at Crockett junior high Travis and then graduated from Paris High School so uh, remind me again, how old are you? I am 34 years old. So you're a couple years behind. Because I went to Aiken Elementary, but I think you were probably like four years behind me. Probably so. Um, I, I was always, uh, I was right in the middle of that age group to where I could have been a year behind or a year ahead. So gotcha. I was uh, more the, the year, I guess, ahead of everybody. So high school, what was your thing in high school? Were you football? Were you... You know, uh, high school, uh, I played soccer. I was good at it. Awesome. Um, freshman year, set out, made the varsity soccer team. Um, but I've always been raised in an automotive family. I mean, my dad mm. is in the automotive industry and has pretty much made that his, his whole career. Okay. Um, so that was always a part of my life. And, um, you know, it, I had my first car was a 1966 Mustang. And... At the time... What, did you build it? I did build it. Me and my dad built it, uh -huh. uh, along oh. with my brother helped some. Uh, you know, it's kind of a family deal. Uh, 
But yeah, that was really where you know I started tinkering and getting out there and just doing things on my own with this car. Um, you know, and it was classic cars weren't popular you know yeah. for high school you know everybody in, in paris more specifically wanted the the nicer newer trucks the four by fours and, and things like that and so for me to have a, a classic car well i was kind of an outcast a little bit but at the same time it was so intriguing to everybody uh that you know mine was the only classic car in the parking lot that's why i have a smart car <laughs> <laughs> it stands out it draws attention <laughs> Um, and not that I was looking for attention, but, but yeah. um, you know, and that's, that's, uh, you know, where I started kind of making a transition into, you know, more automotive geared hobby. Uh, you know, I still did soccer at the same time, but, uh, you know, I played with my Mustang and ended up getting into drag racing. Um, you know, at the time, you know, we have a local drag strip, Paris drag strip. Uh, it was extremely popular. Um, and I was in automotive technology at Paris High School. And, yeah, I was going to ask that, um, yeah. Part of that, you know, we got to pull the Mustang in and do some work on it. Um, Jim Hyatt at the time was uh, my auto tech instructor, and he was into cool classic cars and knew a lot about it. So it just, I, I kind of morphed from, I guess, the, you know, the, the soccer. I, I carried that out through high school until my senior year, but never really pursued trying to do anything more with it and started pursuing more of the, the automotive field and direction for the, the, the path of life and career choice that I wanted to, to make. Um, I was good at soccer. I That's could awesome. have done more with it than what I did. Um, That's just uh, it's just not what I wanted to do. That's not where I saw my life going. That's um, awesome. You know, it's, it, it's kind of cool that I guess you, you can say in some ways, you know, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree you know yeah. my dad making a career path in automotive and then i made a career path in automotive uh that it just worked out to where you know we kind of keep it in the family like that is your brother in automotive my brother is in the automotive wow. my brother is actually uh active duty marine corps okay and he is a uh he started out as a lab mechanic but as he has grown up in the ranks of the marine corps He's more on the, um, he, he's a gunny sergeant now, so he's more or less helping, training, and teaching, uh, you know, his uh, fellow soldiers, you know, how to work on them. Um, oh, that's amazing. So he doesn't get in there as hands-on as much, but uh, he is, He you know, he's a huge automotive nut and guru, and he's extremely smart and good, and I think uh, a lot of times underestimated. Remind me his first name? Ryan. 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 Well, Ryan, thank you for your service. Yeah, he's actually uh, he's stationed in Japan right now. Japan. I'm kind of jealous because the uh, the Tokyo Auto Salon is this weekend. Oh, uh, huge show! Um, if you are any kind of automotive nut, um, it's about the next biggest show to like SEMA or, or something like that in Las Vegas. But it it's in Tokyo, so. Um, he's stationed over there right now on a deployment, and uh, he sent me a Facebook message last night or the other night and said, "Hey." guess what? I get to go to Tokyo Auto Salon. I'm like, you sucker, man. I'm jealous. Rub it in. Yeah. Man. Okay. So if I I might be wrong, uh, but did you meet your wife in high school? I did. Uh, Mindy and I, we are high school sweethearts. Oh. Kind of even going back farther than that. um, One of her good friends, uh, a couple of our good friends. uh, I grew up in Morningside. Um, pretty familiar neighborhood in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of her good friends grew up in my neighborhood 
also. And, you know, as little kids, we just kind of all ran together and hung out and played the, the hide-and-seek and yeah and stuff like that. And I always had a, a crush on her her friend more than anything. <laughs> and um, no. And it just at some point, you know, around that high school area, that freshman area, that, that transition just kind of flip-flopped. And mm-hmm. uh, Mindy and I started hanging out and then started dating and um, – you know, she had a, at the time a different vision of what she wanted in a boyfriend, and it didn't necessarily include the 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 grease monkey, classic Mustang kind of guy. You know, she wanted the the big four wheel drive football quarterback player kind of guy. And mm. then um, I think you know, just the more that we hung out, the more we attracted together, and been together ever since. Uh, haven't skipped a beat. Now, she loves just as much uh, going to some of these shows with you, right? Um, the Rock Crawls and the the Moabs and SEMA shows and stuff, right? She does. She does. I made the mistake once of thinking that it wouldn't be something she was into. And I don't remember my comment to her. I was embarrassed later. But I, I said something and she's like, no, no, I want to I have my own rock crawler. She does. She loves doing it, you know. And I get to a point where I do take it a little bit to the extreme to where she's not comfortable with, you know, maybe maybe some of the rock crawling I do or uh, the traveling as much as I do. You know, we have a a little one at home. He's two years old, his name's Cohen. And he is very much uh, in love with uh, the automotive stuff and what daddy's doing. So now that, you know, we're starting to grow this this little family, we're all starting to try to find more family events and things that Mm -hmm. everybody can be part of. But uh, she is always, since day one, been super supportive of of anything that I'm doing. All right, jumping back. Mm -hmm. Um, So you graduated high school. Where'd you go from there? I had the mentality in high school that I was on a fast-paced track to get out of Paris as soon as I possibly could. I did, Um, too. I just was ready to start my own life and do my own thing. And, you know, uh, Paris was not in that. So um, before I even graduated, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and where I was going. And it started in Autotech my senior year, uh, a representative from Universal Technical Institute. Uh, It's basically an automotive training uh, vocational school career Mm -hmm. path. Uh, They came to um, basically give like a quick display demo of, you know, what their school had to offer. And um, I instantly knew that's where I'm going, you know. So uh, I graduated high school, went to Universal Technical Institute in Houston and had, uh, before I even started school there, had the... uh, the goal that I wanted to become a Mercedes-Benz technician. Okay. Um, so as far as my educational development went, I lined out everything I possibly could um, to to get to that point where I could become a, a Mercedes-Benz technician. Now, why did you choose Mercedes-Benz? Um, more specifically, I wanted to do more with my career path in the automotive field that was outside of your everyday reputation of being a, a mechanic or a grease monkey, um, you know, so so say it. Um, there was, a, I think, a level of, you know, just, just being exclusive, mm-hmm. you know, saying I'm a Mercedes-Benz technician to it that, that I liked. And... Um, if anybody has been a Mercedes-Benz owner or been to a Mercedes-Benz dealership, 
the facilities are top of the line. Mm -hmm. They're top of the line. They're clean. Um, you know, I had it at first in my head that, you know, I was going to become a Mercedes-Benz technician and I was going to wear a white lab coat, and, you know, <laughs> and I wasn't ever going to get dirty and, and whatnot. And, you know, as you get into that, you realize that that's not quite the, the image that it, that it is. But, right. uh, you know, I just wanted to take it to another level, you know, and, um, and, and just do something different. And uh, Mercedes-Benz intrigued me. One, one of my favorite stories that you told me a while back, um, you'd had someone in your life, and I don't remember who it was, but that basically told you that, like, being a grease monkey was, like, bottom level. Like, why would anyone want to be a mechanic? Ugh. And that was something that, it wasn't the only thing, but it was one thing that drove you to, to maybe not necessarily show that person, but show the world that you could be a top-end mechanic and, and have a successful life that is correct uh, I did my senior year have a high school teacher that uh, that did tell me that you know whenever you know when your senior year is really focused on planning your career path mm -hmm. you know what are you gonna do in life where are you gonna go to college you know and they high schools do a real good job in, in helping establish that and I did you know when it was time for me to stand up in front of the class and tell my story on where I was going to college and what I was gonna do um, yeah, I was a bit humiliated um, and kind of knocked down off my, my pedestal on what I wanted to do. And it's very rare that you're in, you know, in high school that you can keep your focus and not want to, uh, you know, follow what your peers are doing, you mm -hmm. know, peer pressure. And yep. I somehow, you know, um, that didn't affect me, didn't phase me on what I wanted to do. You know, I, I let it go in one ear and out the other, and I moved on and proceeded on. If nothing else, you let it drive you more. I did, you know, because that's something that has stuck with me all my life. You know, and as bad as I want to go back and say, hey, look what I've done now. Look where I'm at, and yeah. I, you know, and uh, say I was able to be successful in the automotive career path. And uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm better than that. But yeah. uh you know, it's, um, you know, I would like to be an inspiration for anybody else that wants to pursue, uh, pursue a career path in, in automotive, you know, no matter, no matter what division it's in. I think, I think you're a good role model for anybody that, that wants to search out a career that other people tell them they can. Absolutely. I, I mean, with the right training and the right amount of practice and, and, um, perseverance like you can you can do anything you want to do I, I mean um or at least something in that field maybe not necessarily the you know top of the line but like you can at least do what you love um so that's I think that's why I always love that story because you let it you didn't let it hold you back you let it push you further um and that's amazing you know and I think there's a lot of people out there that they'll let somebody telling them they can't do something that you know kind of makes you rebellious mm -hmm. you know and gives you that yeah. much more drive you know it's just like kids you know you, you tell your kids not to do something whether it be for safety you're not supposed to and what do they do yeah they my look kids at you they look at you and they kind of bat their eye and they go do it anyways yeah. so yes. i think that's you know kind of the same th feeling that i got is yeah. okay i'm gonna prove everybody wrong yeah love it all right so you uh graduated from that and then you, did you go straight, did you make it? Did you go straight into it? I did. A, so uh, the 
uh, training at Universal Technical Institute. I'm going to go AKA UTI. That's how most people know it. But at the same time, I hate saying UTI because they're like, urinary tract infection? What? Uh, what, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. that's not the Anyways, best. So UTI is what they're known for. Uh, two-year program, uh, okay. basic automotive technology. Uh, part of that was is I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket, so I went ahead and went and did Ford training, and I got Ford certified. Okay. Um, while I was going to school, I was uh, ha- had the opportunity to work at a Ford dealership and do some uh, apprentice and internship. Um, and then at the point of that, uh, you have to apply and get accepted to a Mercedes-Benz program based off of your performance in your, your basic training. And mm. it was pretty difficult to get approved for. You know, it's a, it's a 4.0 GPA or greater. It's perfect attendance all throughout high school. Uh, you have to go through an interview process. They're, they're very, very exclusive on who they're going to bring into this program because Mercedes-Benz, uh, as a brand, wants an elite line of technicians. It's awesome. Um, so I did get accepted into the program, and um, that was a six-month program in its own. Uh, I got certified as a Mercedes-Benz technician. And then kind of same thing that happened my senior year in high school with UTI coming to Paris High School and giving their spill. Um, we had a career day where uh, a lot of the Mercedes-Benz service managers throughout the country at, uh, at dealerships came in and, and said, hey, we're look, looking to recruit and hire some technicians. Uh, you know, we're wanting certified entry-level technicians that we can bring on board and we can do some more in training, um, training in-house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had about four different dealerships to pick from. Um, because I was in the top of my class, that gave me a little bit of an upper hand on being able to somewhat choose where I wanted to go to work. Um, Florida was an option. I had two dealerships in Texas and a dealership in California. Um, All over the map. <laughs> I've always been diehard Texan. I yep. love Texas. I love everything that stands for. I love everything that it offers. So I knew I wanted to stay in Texas. So I. Basically, I weighed out my options, and that led me to Park Place Motor Cars in Dallas. Um, and I graduated, I think it was in March, March or April of 2005. Where was UTI? In Houston. In Houston, okay. So I, okay. At, at the time, I was, uh, I was 20 Pretty. years old. 20 years old. Uh, I'd already been living on my own for two years, doing my own thing working Ford job, uh, job at Ford, supporting myself. Awesome. Um, and so at 20 years old, I packed up and left Houston and started my life in Dallas. Now, was Mindy with you or? So Mindy took, um, Mindy's a dental hygienist. Okay. And she does work locally. She works for Dr. Green's office uh, as a dental hygienist. Um, right out of high school, I went to Houston. She went to Tyler. She went okay. to Tyler uh, to do their dental hygiene so program. So long distance. So we did. We did a long distance relationship for two and a half years. Um, every other weekend, we traded out. You know, I would go to Tyler, and then she would come to she would come to Houston. Um, although it seemed like she came to Houston more often because I did have to work Saturdays. Um, ah. You know, I was adamant. And this is one thing that I loved about UTI, and I don't want it to sound like I'm selling UTI, but they, they were a big part in developing and me into who I am, is they they actually require their students to have a job. 
uh, they want their students to start or to not live off of their parents, to be able to start being, uh, you know, self-sufficient. And um, they give you the tools to do that. They, they have hiring program and they have housing programs that, you know, are discounted to where it just starts teaching you, you know, I wish it would happen earlier, you know, in our years of, of high school and, and stuff like that. But they start teaching you, hey, this is what the real world, real world's about. Adulting. Adulting. Um, <laughs> So by the time I graduated um, from Mercedes-Benz, I had all the tools I need as a 20-year-old to get out of my own, start my career, uh, you know, rent a house, buy a car, you know, pay bills, uh, balance my checkbook, you know, and all the things that made my transition to Dallas that much easier. Um, So, okay, so you graduated from there, you come back to Dallas. and what did Mindy, was she done about that time? Mindy was about a year behind me. Okay. Uh, her dental hygiene program was uh, a little bit long, longer than my training was. So I made the move to Dallas. She stayed in Tyler. And then... Um, but much shorter drive. <laughs> much shorter drive. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Dallas to, to, to Tyler is shorter. Um, and she did the same thing. Uh, she would commute back and forth. And mm-hmm. I think that went on for about a year. I think she was about a year behind me. And then ultimately, because I had already kind of started establishing a life in Dallas, uh, you know, she followed me. She okay. followed me and came to where I was. And uh, luckily, she was able to land an outstanding job in the in the Dallas area. And um, that's really where, that's where we began, you know. Um, now, at what point did y'all get married? 2008. Okay. And I hope that date's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's right. Uh, You're so as bad as me. <laughs> um, yeah, in 2008. So we uh, we lived in Dallas for a couple years uh, before we decided to finally get married. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we wanted to get more established uh, in our career, uh, established financially. Yeah. Um, get a little bit more mature. Yeah. Um, you know, but we still married young. You know, yeah. we still married young. Um, but we were just so much farther ahead uh, of all of our friends, mm-hmm. uh, all of our peers. Uh, I think that's you know because our our college mm-hmm. was a little bit faster paced. It was designed to get you in, get you out, mm-hmm. move on. Um, so it seems like we have always been about five years ahead uh, of of everybody that is in our age group. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. And some of the stuff, like even being long distance, that stuff's got to build you uh, to be a stronger couple. Um, it does. You know, so. it, it takes all the factor of jealousy out, mm-hmm. uh, trust. Um, but we were so focused on our career and what we wanted to achieve in life that, that all the other extracurricular people that are in our same age group usually worry about just wasn't any interest to us you know the, the fraternities the the parties the mm-hmm. bars the, and all that stuff we didn't do a lot of that you know it just we didn't want any part of it That's it, it awesome. took away from us being able to, to to succeed and get where we wanted to be i wish there were more students now that were driven that way not not to go not not to not go to a college or four-year college i'm not saying that because that's great too but i wish they were driven to like figure out what their their career is and then and then pursue marriage because like there's time mm-hmm. you know and there were plenty of times that mindy and i talked about getting married earlier mm-hmm. it, although it wouldn't have 
stopped us or hindered us. I think it would have brought us closer together as a team. Um, but uh, it just didn't, at the time, didn't seem like it was a priority wow. that we needed to make. Um, you know, and that's another thing is, you know, talking about, you know, younger generation thinking that they have to go to a four-year college or thinking that uh, that's the only way. There's so many opportunities for career paths and training paths. And I've seen so many people that are successful that didn't even go to college, you know. And yeah. I think if, you know, the, there's one thing that I want to get out to anybody, you know, whether it be young or old, is go with your gut. You know, if, if you don't feel like there's something that's right for you, Go with your gut. Well, and find what drives you. Yeah. Find that thing that you know you love to do. And if it requires, uh, if, if a four-year college is what is needed, then great. But if, if a lot of times, I mean, I, I built my own business and I've never been to college. Um, but and I'm not saying that's the only way. I, I mean, I, I, I probably took the long, hard way to learn all the things I know. But, um, but if I'd have known at a younger age, if I had found what drove me, I'd be much further in life. I, I mean, I married later in life. I had kids later in life. Like, um, and it was a lot of a lot of that reason was because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I wish. I, I mean, I hope my kids find. I mean, you always wish the best for your kids, but I hope they find that drive, and then I will support whatever they want to mm-hmm. do, whether it's a two-year a two-year what's it called vocational school vocational school um, mm-hmm. or it's I'm gonna go and intern with this photographer in new york you know whatever it is i will i will support them and i know you would too absolutely um okay okay back to the story yes (laughs) i get bad we get Uh, you and i could do that all day long especially with your friends you know just like what we were talking about earlier being able to start with one conversation and end with another like man we just covered so much content in between (laughs) that wasn't even relative (laughs) sorry guys yeah um okay so how long were y'all in dallas for we were in dallas from 2005 to 2010 okay um i had a motorcycle accident in 2008 uh motocross to be specific uh was you competing i was not competing i was practicing to compete okay um and it was right after we got married and um it was an accident that could have been prevented it was me riding outside of my capabilities and you know once again trying to prove to myself that i could do something that i really couldn't and it 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 turned around and it, it bit me and um it put me out of commission for the better portion of almost six months out of work um, really put a strain on our marriage because uh, financially Mindy had to support us you know although I had you know some benefits it wasn't near the kind of money I was making uh, as a technician and physically you know I, I shattered my right ankle I um, you know busted my mouth up pretty good knocked quite a few teeth out uh, back issues and uh, it, physically it, it took a toll on me to where I couldn't be active and perform like I was used to mm-hmm. um, so once I uh, rehabilitated and I got back in the, the swing of things and the motion uh, I had the opportunities to promote within Mercedes-Benz and take more of a desk job that wasn't quite, uh, quite physically demanding 
did that for about a year and it just wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. Um, I'm a very active person and I'm very hands-on and just sitting behind a desk wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so I told Mindy, I said, I need to figure out something else. Uh, the dealership that I worked at was massive. Like it covers almost like four or five square blocks. And there was a, a lot of my coworkers that we joked with about how much we walked every day. And we started, you know, calculating our um, miles. miles. And I was walking eight, 10 miles a day. Well, I've got rods, pins, plates in my right ankle and just doesn't move like it used to. No. Arthritis was taken over on it. And by the end of the day, like I was in pain. I just couldn't walk. So I told Mindy, I said, I have to figure out something else. Um, you know, at that time we were 25 years old, mm-hmm. um, starting to think about our family and kids. And um, we were starting to get homesick. And um, that's where we made a, you know, made a decision that, hey, let's try to figure out how we can get back to Paris. Okay. Um, but neither one of us could come up with a good way on how we were going to support ourselves. Um, you know, there's not much of a market for Mercedes-Benz in Paris. Uh, not enough to, to, to uh, definitely not a Mercedes-Benz dealership. So that wasn't an option. Uh, so I entertained, you know, possibly trying to open up my own Mercedes-Benz automotive repair shop. Um, Mercedes-Benz is so exclusive that they, um, they hold back a lot of software, hardware tools to dealers only. So for me as a 25 year old uh, startup business trying to get the necessary tools I needed to open up a Mercedes-Benz repair shop was basically out of the question. Um, no way I was gonna be able to afford that or even sometimes it doesn't, how much, doesn't matter how much money you have, they're not gonna give it to you. Um, so that's where we lead into what my current career path is right now. Automotive, uh, off-road center, uh, truck accessories, um, was a hobby of mine. Um, I had kind of, when I was living in Houston, morphed from that drag racer, street ride uh, hobby to more of the off-road market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked up on that and I saw a need for a market like that in Paris. Um, you know, we live in a country town. It's like kind of what I like to call a country town. You know, we have... You know, we have pastures, we have back roads, and, yep. and you know, at Paris High School, I don't know uh, what it was like at Northmar, but at Paris High School, you look out in the parking lot, and everybody drove a lifted truck with some kind of mud tire on it. Oh, was the same. Um, so I was like, you know what? There's a ton of that going around. Where's everybody going to get this stuff done? You know, and it was, oh, they're going to Dallas, or they're going out of town, you know, and so told Mindy, I said, I think I can make a go with this. I think I can, let's move back to Paris. We'll open up our own business and I'm gonna transition my hobby into a career path. And um, so March of 2010, that's what we set our sights on. And we picked up from a absolute perfect life and perfect career in Dallas and moved back home. And what's the company name? Maximum Elevation Off-Road. Awesome. 
And that's where it began. And that's where it began. That's where it began. Um, so how, like, so where, where was your first building? First business building? Yeah, like where did you first work out of? Uh, I found, and that's another thing, I moved back to Paris and, and tried finding a location that suited me better. And I ended up finding a location over on 17th and Clement. Um, which if you're familiar with Paris, it's right off the loop by the city pool, uh, across the street from Big Country Farm Center and Paris Farm and Ranch. And the place was rough. Like it needed- From the get-go? From the get-go. The parking, well, there wasn't a parking lot. It was hidden behind decades worth of weeds. Um, so many times that I had passed by it that it was so hidden and overgrown that I missed it. <laughs> didn't even know it was there. Isn't it? Didn't you say if you still go to Google, you can kind of see the old? Yes. So Google, hope you hope you listen to this, Google. I'd like for you to update your Google Maps images. For uh, all of Paris. All of Paris, please. <laughs> uh, especially since I have a new location on Lamar now that is top of the line. Uh, so yeah, some of the old Google images are from around 2010, right whenever I got the building secured and started cleaning the place up. Um, you so it's a little see, less rough, but it's a little less rough, but it still wasn't what I envisioned it to be. Uh, it was it was operational, and it uh, it was a roof over my head. It was a shop to work out of, and it was a good start. Okay, good start. I mean, I think starting rough sometimes builds character because you're able to build it the way you want it to look of sorts it did and you know i mentioned we moved back to to paris and left a completely good career nice house in a developed neighborhood in dallas and people are like what are you doing yeah. you know, why are you doing this you have a successful life and you want to move back to paris you know, and you want to take a step back. And, you know, and my rebuttal to that is, is yes, I'm taking a step back, but I'm taking a step back to take five steps forward. Yeah. And then we did. I mean, we moved back to Paris and, you know, I, I was not working in a Mercedes Benz shop mm -hmm. facility. We had a small two bedroom, one bath rent house. Uh, with a Great Dane and a toy poodle um, <laughs> at, at the time were our children and that was you know our life and mm -hmm. um, but we saw the bigger picture you know we, we were able to look years and years ahead as to where we possibly could be I'm sorry I'm gonna have to rabbit trail for one uh -huh. second can you please tell the Great Dane and robot vacuum story <laughs> <laughs> okay all right, so we're going to jump a couple of years ahead um, to whenever uh, the Dyson, is it Dyson, the iRobots? Yeah, there's a couple of them, Whoever yeah. makes the iRobots uh, were getting extremely popular, so I, I buckled down and I got Mindy one for Christmas. Long story short, we have a Great Dane that is a inside dog, and um, he is getting old now, and he's almost 15 years old, by the way, which is way way old for a great dane and i'm gonna be honest he has a hard time holding his bowels this was at the beginning stages of all right this is how we have to balance life with a newborn uh, basically right? newborn a senior citizen great dane that <laughs> can't hold his bowels so 
You know, as most people do, they set the iRobot on, auto. you know, a schedule or auto. And, you know, my dog, uh, Great Dane, was Caliber's his name, was used to staying inside. Um, and we came home one day, and iRobot turned on. Caliber had used the bathroom in the house. And if I have to paint the picture for you, it's gonna be nasty just use your imagination use your imagination sorry i'm crying over here because it's so funny uh at the time you know we were completely devastated you know mindy and i were like how are we gonna get this cleaned up you know we had just you know our house was fairly new fairly not new but fairly renovated um and it was everywhere broadway i'm telling you (laughs) that i'm sorry i don't mean to laugh at your pain that robot vacuum covered Head to toe, the whole house. Oh it did its God. job. It covered all the ground. You know that I always wondered. You wondered know that about. for sure now. <laughs> I always wondered. Did that uh, robot vacuum right there? I can't tell. Well, let it, it dry. Let it dry through some poop and <laughs> leave a trail and a mark, and it'll tell you they do their job. I'm so, sorry. Oh. Yeah, we had uh, my jaw hurts. We had a lot to clean up, a lot to sanitize, and now that we look back on it, it's hilarious. And I'll be honest, the robot is still in my garage, not cleaned up. <laughs> oh, no. Not cleaned up because I oh. refuse to touch it. Oh. I refuse to touch it. But I'm having a hard time saying I'm going to throw away this $500 piece of equipment. Yeah, no, so makes I'm sense. hoping that I'll get some kind of wise idea on Send how it. I'm going to clean it and uh, bring it back to life. <laughs> Send it back and tell them you don't know why it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the smell. Oh, sorry. Okay, back on track. All right. Um, so you're in Paris. You started Maximum Elevation. Um, and so what happens next? What's 2010 to 2015, we just, you know, kind of just kept ticking right along. Mm-hmm. Steady growth, uh, steady sales. You know, mm-hmm. uh, our reputation was good as a business. Uh, you know, trying to get involved in the community as much as I could. Um, you know, learning the hard knocks of life of being a small business owner in yep. general. Um, you know, just kind of riding the, 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 the waves, the up and down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, uh, you know, throughout that time, you know, uh, Mindy and I were setting out to do what we did when we moved to Paris. And that started a family. Okay. Um, we, you know, everything had always come so easy to Mindy and I. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... Our career path came easy. Our job, you know, landing our jobs came easy. It just seemed like no matter what Mindy and I did together, we always succeeded in it mm-hmm. until we decided we were ready to start having kids. And then, um, you know, we started off by getting pregnant and then uh, had a, a very late miscarriage. And, um, you know, doctors tell you, hey, that's normal. Miscarriages are, you know, one in five chance. Try again. We tried again, had another miscarriage, tried again, had another miscarriage to the point where we're like, what is going on here? Um, And then in 2015, uh, Mindy got pregnant and uh, was able to successfully, uh, I guess you could say, keep, carry a baby. Um, And then it was, it was, I remember it well, because it was my birthday, December 3rd. We went for our gender reveal at the doctor uh found out if it was a boy or a girl and our doctor um 
So we have a problem. Um, your baby, which is a girl, has a condition called anencephaly. Uh, it is a terminal condition, meaning that she will not live outside of the womb. Ugh. As long as she is in the womb, she will be perfectly fine and perfectly healthy. Most people in this situation abort right now. What do you want to do? Being completely caught off guard, we didn't know how to respond to that question. Because um, we were just devastated. You yeah. know, we were devastated. Um, you know, and I could have a podcast on just this whole portion of my life all, all on its own because it, it changed me from who I am uh, for who I who I am now you know yeah. it was one of the single biggest <clears throat> life-changing experiences that I've ever experienced so um, after some very very quick thought uh, you know and Mindy and I were able to you know wipe the tears away and say hey we have a decision we have to make um, we both made the decision that she was going to carry the baby to uh, you know, to birth, and we were going to put it in God's hands, and we weren't going to, we weren't going to make the decision whether or not she was able to have life or death. We were going to yeah. put that in God's hands because there have been some instances where anencephaly babies have lived, or we weren't going to cut ourselves short from any possible time that we could have with Addison. That was her name. Um, you know, sometimes anencephaly babies have lived 45 minutes, four days, indefinitely. And uh, that was the, it, I wouldn't say a risk, that was a, um, a chance that we wanted to be able to experience. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Mandy, as tough and a trooper as she is, carried this baby knowing that we probably weren't going to be able to keep her. Um, you know, went through normal, healthy pregnancy, gave birth to Addison, and we had uh, about 45 minutes with her and, um, you know, able to sit there and hold her and, um, you know, love her like, you know, she should have been loved. And that was the turning point in my life where I absolutely knew 100% that I wanted kids. You know, I think any new parent goes into it, you know, before the baby is born, wondering, can I do this? Am I capable of this? <laughs> oh yeah. Am I ready for this? You know, and um, it takes that, that 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 first initial second of holding your child to know that I'm cut out to be a parent. Yeah. This is what I want for my life. Um, you know, and I, I've shared this story with you multiple times. You know, after all the dust settled, you know, I'm walking down the hallway of the hospital, and you know, walk into a waiting room full of people, and you know, I look at them, they look at me, and I instantly thought, those people have no idea what I just went through. I just lost my child. And then I thought, I have no idea what those people are going through. Yeah. And that, at me, was a turning point in my life that changed me from being so, uh, you, know, you know, not as compassionate with people as I should be. Judgmental, judgmental, you know, yeah. it is so easy for mankind to be judgmental. And, um, you know, and it just changed me, you know, it mm -hmm. changed me as a person. And 
So 2015, you know, with that experience, um, I kind of went through the motions. I was, I was lost. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do as far as, you know, my, my career path. Uh, my mind was preoccupied somewhere else. Uh, but somehow I managed to knock out the best year of business that I've ever had. And I think it's because I just put my head down and I minded my own business and I did my own thing and I didn't do a lot of extracurricular this or that. And uh, I look back at the end of you know, 2015, I'm like, I don't know how I did that. It just happened. You probably buried yourself in work a little bit. I did. I buried myself in work and, uh, you know, financially on the books, it was the best year. But for me, it was the worst year. Yeah. You know, I, I look back and I didn't have any fun um you know we had a uh detrimental experience mm-hmm. and um and that kind of you know has, has led up to where i'm at right now you know um healing you know does take place you know it does get easier as you go on but i just couldn't get out of that stage of having fun with my business you know Mm -hmm. there's something about that 2015 when we lost addison that i just couldn't stay focused with being the entrepreneur the Mm -hmm. the, even the husband the boss that i needed to be i just i lost that drive for a little bit somehow yeah i couldn't like like you said i could never even imagine um but what's amazing is you guys tried again we did and then shortly after we didn't we didn't slow down because we were so in love with Addison that we wanted that feeling again mm-hmm. we wanted it parents again. Uh, when did y'all get pregnant with Cohen uh, so let's take that would have been about January January so he's two and a half years old he was born in 2015 yeah no 2016 yeah, yeah, 16. yeah, yeah 16 so it would have been January of 2016 because okay. uh, he was born in September of 2016, so not long after, not long after uh, Addison, uh, did we jump right back in and, and try again. Um, and we sought out some specialists and okay. um, you know did our best to uh, try to prevent mm-hmm. that happening again. And, and we figured out what the some of the complications were, and we corrected them and. Um, successfully uh, had a perfectly healthy baby boy um, in September 2016. It's amazing. He's a cutie patootie too. He is. He's awesome. And that's another thing, you know, is, uh, and I hate to sound insensitive, but being able to keep them and bring them home. Yeah. And then watch them grow up. Yes. That's another life-changing experience all on its own. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, and it's, I like to, you know, think that he saved my life, you know, because I, you know, I thought I was, after experiencing the whole Addison uh, situation, I thought that life was over and that I was unsuccessful and I wasn't capable of doing anything good. And, you know, and luckily this little boy comes along and brings the joy, brings the joy back and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, rejuvenates me and uh, got me right back to where I needed to be mentally. That's awesome. So... Business continued on, and, you know, a few hiccups here and there, and then now you've moved to a new location. Tell us a little bit about that. So I did, and uh, I still get this question all the time um, of where have I been in the past eight months uh, mm-hmm. as far as a business goes. 
Um, I had the opportunity um, September, uh, towards the end of the year, September of 2017, to, to partner up with Bodyguard Bumpers, uh, another local business, and uh, they are a aftermarket bumper manufacturer, mm-hmm. um, to partner up with them on a Jeep project for the, the biggest uh, trade show in, in the world, and that's SEMA. Uh, I was a Jeep guy. They were more of a truck bumper company, and they wanted to get in the Jeep market, so they reached out to me to partner up on a Jeep and uh, do some collaborating with them, which you were a part of. Yep. You, you had the opportunity of going walking, to SEMA. walking that with me, going to SEMA, mm-hmm. covering it. Um, and the, the, the response to that was so successful that uh, Grant and Kelly uh, Malicote, the owners of Bodyguard, came to me and said, hey, if you would ever entertaining, you know, coming on board with Bodyguard and being a part of what we're trying to develop, we would love to have you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that offer, it, it stuck in my head, you know, um, that, hey, this is something I think I'd like to be a part of, you know. Um, I was still having a handful of frustrations with business, which could be a whole nother topic, a podcast, yeah. if you want to get into the whole uh, business podcast. Maybe we'll make a podcast about that. Yeah. Um, so I did. I felt, you know, I, I followed my heart. I followed where God was leading me. And I, once again, I shut down a completely successful career in business and uh, was chasing happiness uh, somewhere else. And I went to work for Bodyguard. Um, and we carried on and we're working on a lot of cool projects, doing a lot of cool things and, um, out of the blue. And this is once again, another way, awesome way that God works. I had an old customer of mine, um, and he was a friend, but he wasn't a close friend at the time. Reach out to me that wanted me to work on some projects of his. Uh, after we ha- had closed down for me to go take a position at uh, Bodyguard, um, he had sought out some some other shops and truck accessory businesses and just didn't have good experiences. And um, so he thought he just might reach out to me and see if I'd be interested in doing any of these projects. And I told him, I said, man, I, I, I can't, I'm sorry. I, my heart and dedication is at bodyguard um i appreciate you thinking about me and um but i, I just can't do it well he he stayed persistent with it he stayed <laughs> not persistent. taking no for an for an answer not taking no for an answer to the point where i just said you know what you're persistent and i appreciate that i love that i'm your go-to guy for this excuse me I will do it for you, but it has to be on my own time and schedule because that is very limited right now. And as long as you're on board with that, um, I'm on board with it, and we'll get you what you're looking for. And um, he said, awesome. Thank you. I'm excited to hear that. And I bet we weren't off the phone for 10 minutes, and he's calling me right back. And uh, I said, hey, what's up, Kevin? And uh, he said, hey. I have a proposition for you. I said, all right, what's that? He said, I don't think you understand how much it meant to me for you committing to do this project that you were worried about me getting taken advantage of or having bad experiences somewhere else again that you you stepped up to the plate when you shouldn't and help me out. That being said, I am looking to invest in a small business 
and I want to make a proposition in investing as a partner with you and starting maximum elevation back up. I was completely caught off guard. That is by no means where I thought my career was going. Or your day. Uh, or my day, you know. And um, it just goes to show you that within a split instance, your life can change. Can completely change. Mm-hmm. And it did at that point. It did. I immediately got off the phone. I talked with Mindy. I said, hey, this is what we have been uh, been offered. What do you think? It, and immediately it just felt right. It felt right. Um so I did. I slept on it. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a kind of guy that I sleep on. I don't make rational decisions. Um, I slept on it and woke up the next morning and felt good about it. And then I woke up the next morning again and felt good about it um, to the point where I, I called him back and I said, uh, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do this together. So um, luckily... I have a good relationship with Grant and Kelly at Bodyguard that I was able to come to them and explain the situation to them, and they were extremely supportive, Mm -hmm. and we are still collaborating on a lot of projects together. We're partnering up. It's convenient that we're both in the same industry in Paris, Texas, so we were able to feed off of each other and um, really, really network together as two companies. so that being said, um, August of 2018, uh, me and Kevin partnered up to to fire this back up. We did SEMA 2018 again, bigger and better than the year before, um, and then decided to, to go ahead and get through the SEMA, the SEMA craze. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so much time and effort that's put into SEMA that it, it literally, it's a full-time job. Oh, yeah. So been try there. And, you've been there. You've seen the, what all goes into it. Yeah. So uh, we got past that first initial project, and um, we deci- uh, after SEMA was over, which was literally the, the first week of November, came back in and said, all right, let's focus on our business model. You know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to change the business that you didn't like before? Uh, what are we going to do to make it better? Um, and we both had this vision that, that just meshed together, and... Um, that included a, a new location with a, a new image and a new business direction, and that's how we landed on Lamar. Um, right there, it was it's kind of an iconic building for Paris because it's been there since '88, and most people know it as Quick Car Lubintun. Um, good location in Paris. Uh, all I've had to do is put a simple banner out front of the building: "Future Home, Maximum Elevation Off Road." And I was just getting flooded with, you know, with, with friends, uh, colleagues, and just local Parisians coming to me saying, you're back, you're thank back. you, you're back, you know? And I hadn't even done anything but just put a simple banner out, you know? Yeah. And uh, throughout the remodel process, if you live in Paris, I'm sure you've driven by it, you've seen the kind of work that we put into reviving this mm-hmm. building. Um, it's funny through, throughout uh, the remodel process, you know, contractors that have come in or just people that have just stopped in to say, hey, I want to see what's going on here. How many people have stories in that building? Like, yeah. you know, their dad worked there, because so they ran around or they worked there or, oh, we got our oil changes there, you know, from 
you know, our whole life or, you know, state inspections, you know, just yeah. it's cool hearing a lot of stories from locals that have been here mm-hmm. at least since 88. Um, they have an experience there. It's awesome. Something I never thought about going in, going into that location, uh, that there would be that much history with that building. It's amazing. So you're slotted to open here pretty soon. Like a week, two weeks? I think we're two weeks out. Two weeks two out. Two weeks out. You know, uh, we're a little behind. Uh, we were originally trying for January 5th, um, but rain uh, has slowed us down a little bit. Cold weather, uh, holidays, we fell right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we're a couple weeks behind, but uh, I expect to be fully up and going by uh, the first week of February. And he's given quite a few. I've seen videos and sneak peeks on his social media accounts. So if you go check those out, you can see a few videos of the inside, um, top of the line uh, new tools and uh, equipment, uh, lifts, all of that. I mean, they're all pretty. Awesome color scheme throughout the outside and inside. Um, and it just looks super industrial looking there. I got, I've gotten a tour already. I'm not bragging or anything. Um, but it's going to look awesome, guys. You really have to check it out when it comes open. And he'll probably give you a tour if you want to. When Absolutely. You know, the, the, well, I'm trying to create an experience yeah. with maximum elevation. Yes. And not necessarily uh, a truck accessory store or a shop. I don't like the term shop, and I don't know why. So I'm kind of trying to change my, my branding as, as to how uh, people look at me. Um, you know, I'd love to be called a, you know, a truck accessory center or a off-road center. Um, I don't want to be a store because we're not a store. You, you'll, you'll walk in and you'll definitely get the feeling when you walk in, this isn't a store, but this isn't a shop either. You know, it's, I'm kind of getting some of my Mercedes-Benz roots back. You there you know, go. Very, very high-tech, clean. And, you know, you mentioned top-of-the-line equipment. Yeah. I have equipment that a lot of high-end dealerships don't even have access to. Um, that it's going to change the game for what I'm capable of doing. You know? uh, Blake was telling me the other day, some of your tire stuff, you can change a tire in like... Two minutes. Two minutes. That's mount, that's dismount, mount, get it on, and it's touchless. One person. One person. And he doesn't even really have to raise a hand. He just has to push a button on an LCD screen. Two minutes. So, Wow. So I'm super excited about this whole new adventure, this new, I mean, and I know we've already talked about doing some stuff together, so I'm excited for that. Um, So keep your eyes out for that. I'll definitely do some stories on my Instagram showing you some of the new stuff that's coming up there. Um, And yeah, I'm super excited for you, man. As a friend, as a a fellow uh, small business owner, like... I'm just really excited for you. You know, very few people have the opportunity to close a business down, go work somewhere else, and then open it back up again and pick up right where they left off. You know, and that's kind of what we're doing. We're picking up right where we left off and it feels like we haven't skipped a beat. What's that old saying, like time apart grows the heart fonder or something like that? Like, I bet a lot of your customers didn't know what they missed until you were gone. And then they were like, I really miss having Colin shop. You would be surprised how many customers didn't even know that we went away oh my goodness you know and you know we're we're in an industry that is recreational for most and and it's not like you're going to walmart once a week you know most of the time the projects we're working on you know i see my customers maybe once a year or twice a year as they're swapping out vehicles or building new projects seasons change seasons change so uh 
you know, for me to be able to, you know, pick up a phone call and say, hey, you know, what's going on? What have you been doing? And I'm like, oh, if you only knew what I've been doing the past eight months. He's like, oh, you left? Oh, like, my goodness. Yeah, yes. I did. But anyway, so yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, but, you know, we I still kept a presence, you know, with my own brand on the social media world, you know. Although I was with Bodyguard, yeah. we were we were still doing a lot of the same stuff in yeah. the industry, and so it could be very easy for people to not realize that you know I did make a move and a change. That's awesome, awesome. And one other thing I love about you is that you're super local minded. Even though your business can be, it it opens up to a national level. You're super local minded for Paris. You want to build Paris up. Uh, him and I have talked about having larger events here in Paris, bringing more people to Paris because um, we love our town, we love our community, and and it really doesn't get the light sometimes that it should. No, it doesn't. You know, and even on the demographics of it, Paris is so centrally located in Northeast Texas, Southeast Oklahoma, Arkansas, the Metroplex. There's so much to offer here. Yeah, you know, just demographically, and I think that's why my business in the first place succeeded is yeah. because I had the opportunity to draw in so many outside markets mm-hmm. on top of my local market. And, um, you know, I am, I'm very adamant about giving back to the community, yep. building the community. Um, because I don't want Cohen or any other kids that we might have, or your kids to, yeah. to, to grow up. And the first thing they're worried about is how am I going to get out of here? Yep. I've got to get out of this place. Although, I do want to promote them getting out and experiencing something different. I would always love for them to have the same mindset of, I want to come back home. When they want to grow their family, when they want to raise their family, you want them to want to come back to Paris. It is, you know, and it's... um, it is, it's a good place to live. It, it is. It really is. It's a good place to raise a family. Uh, I think our town does a good job with our, you know, our education system. The, mm-hmm. the school districts really mean well. Um, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, yeah, I think, is doing some great things. Yep. And really helping develop this this town. And the county. downtown is fixing to boom. Downtown is fixing to boom. Uh, the really giving back and putting into small business. And yep. that's one thing that I, I personally was always frustrated with is I was too young to know where to find small business development assistance. Yep. You know, but I was, I was inexperienced. Um, and now I'm to a point in my life and my career where, you know, I started my business at 25 and I'm 34 now and 10 years into it where I've learned from a lot of experiences and I want to give back and help the community, whether it be in small business or, you know, charity drives or drawing events. Yeah. um, And just really collaborating and networking with what we have here. Huge. You know, I get all the time, you know, because I do business local. I shop local as much as I possibly can. Yep. And I get all the time, well, I have this person in Dallas or I know this person here. You should try them. They're cheaper or this... And, you know, for me, it's not about price. You know, it's not about being cheaper. It's about giving back to this community and yeah. developing it for what it's capable of doing. That's awesome. Well, Colin, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It was an amazing podcast. Um, 
I like we always it. say before, you and I could chat and I go know. on and on for days until we start seeing our listeners just dropping off, dropping <laughs> off. All right, guys, you're just rambling on now. You guys are lucky this is only an hour. <laughs> it probably could have literally been two hours, four hours long. And if you want more, request more. Yeah. Well, hey, if you ever have questions about small business uh, questions or about our community or about Maximum Motivation or about I Am Broadway, feel free. You can always hit us up on our social media accounts. Uh, you could go by Collins once they're open and check in with him. I bet he could give you a wealth of knowledge. Um, and uh, your website's up, right? It is up. Yeah, all, so, all of my websites, social media outlets, all of them fully functional. If nothing else, go check out all of those. You can see all the stuff he offers and all the stuff that's coming and when the, the exact date when they're going to open. He'll probably be live streaming that whole day. Um, and, yeah, just always feel free to ask us because we are definitely supporters of local small business just friends. I mean, that's that's what that we want to make as many friends in town as we can. Um, thank you guys for listening. Again, just to re, uh, just to go back, this po- this podcast was sponsored by Sa- uh, Small Town Beard Company, um, a good friend of mine. Go check out his social media accounts. Thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast, Jeremy. You are a good friend, and um, and I'm just excited for all the small. I mean, he's another small business. A uh, guy who's trying to get something off. So go check him out. Go get some juice and beard oil. Remember the code Broadway, and you can get ten percent off your purchase. Um, and that's it. We're gonna hang it up. As always, this podcast tries to come out every Monday with a new guest. Uh, and stay tuned. I will. Uh, I will keep you informed on who's coming next. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>